Welcome to the Heart of Life podcast. We're Jesse and Brooke, two therapists and friends, sharing our lived stories and creating an unscripted space for healing. We hope this podcast empowers our listeners to find freedom and bravery through examining the heart of life with curiosity and permission. While this isn't a substitute for therapy, we believe that you'll find healing, belonging, and your own invitation into becoming. Welcome back. We're excited to be talking today about what we do when we've identified the impossible puzzle. So last time we were talking about how often um, we get stuck in what we think feels like work, right? We're stuck in this, this puzzle of when I've figured this out, then I can move forward with my life. Then I can have the things that I want. And what it is, is just really protective, right? It's the ego's way of keeping us from being exposed or making mistakes or being vulnerable at all, which is to be human. Um, so we asked you to identify an impossible puzzle that you might be stuck in, thinking that you have to solve. I'm curious, Jesse, what did you identify yeah, in in packing through this, I realized that my impossible puzzle is almost always the idea that there has to be a puzzle. <laughs> that in and of itself is the puzzle for me. Um, it, it really became clear to me since since that episode that one of the things I have a belief about, I guess, is that there has to be a lot of labor and difficulty and hurdles to something worthwhile. Um, and I kind of saw that now that I'm thinking about it, I, um, I was, I needed to get a new car and I was bracing myself for all the ways that it was going to be really hard to gather paperwork and all the stuff. And it just kept kind of flowing. And I was like, okay, well, it's going to be something else then. (laughs) Something wrong. (laughs) Something's wrong. Yeah. And every, every aspect of it was just kind of really simple because this has been in in the works for me for quite some time preparing and planning for this. But um, I see that come in creative spaces too. You know, workshops I create, I expect that it's going to be, it's going to be hard to organize or hard to get the perfect curriculum. And it's like, no, actually that is kind of an illusion that I've created. It takes determined work, but it's not, it doesn't have to be strugglesome. And I think that's a, I don't know, an expectation I picked up along the way somewhere that something good has to come, come by difficulty. And yeah, that, that's been really, I'm still kind of untying it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that was part of my socialization as well as that anything good is a struggle. Yes. You know, we, we hear that when we talk about relationships, like marriage is hard work, like, yes. And right. Like (laughs) it shouldn't be a torture test. It shouldn't be a struggle, right? Relationships, any relationship we have shouldn't require that we are just like laying ourselves on a regular basis. The same is true. And I I feel similarly like 
things that I really believe that I want to do or accomplish, I have always attached this belief that I either need to know more than I do now. Mm. And it's like, I can't speak to this thing that I feel passionate about, or I can't teach about something that is meaningful until I know it all. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I For a while, luckily I've given it up, but for a while I had this idea that I was pers- going to pursue a PhD, which for those pursuing PhDs, great. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> But mine was really attached to, um, unless I struggle through this, I'm not credible. And that's never the motivation, the right motivation to pursue something like that. Um, So yeah, my impossible puzzle is always, almost always attached to, I need to know more, do more, be more before I can have what I want. And the truth is, when I look at what I have, what's meaningful in my life, the relationships, my career as a therapist, like, yes, that was hard work, um, but not the kind that I get lost in, in this impossible puzzle. Right. And it's it's so interesting, the this conversation about credentials, because, or or how the credentials are playing into this conversation and this puzzle we're talking about. Because I've often, I, I I think this is common in any field where kind of continuing education or continuing development is part of it, but I have often thought what certification or training or degree do I need to continually or perpetually be working towards in order to validate this thing that I already know I was meant to do in the world? Um, and just this week, a client shared with me how appreciative they were that none of my, none of the decor in my office includes my uh, degrees or whatever, or training certifications and stuff like that. She, you know, they said, I, I, I'm noticing that those aren't around here. And I'm like, well, I don't think they're beautiful to look at. Um, but also, you know, that's been a shift for me is um how do we, how can I gather information that intuitively is really helpful for the work that I already know I'm supposed to do? Um, which brings me to this idea of like, I wonder how much we we hide in our puzzles because it's familiar and it's easier, right? If we can just say, here's the certification, we don't actually have to show up ourselves. Does that make sense how I'm saying that? Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, it, going back to the beginning, right? Those impossible puzzles are about reducing risk and limiting vulnerability. Yes. So we can spin in the puzzle, like just collecting and collecting and collecting or reading like every self-help book ever known. And it's like, I, until I've learned to incorporate all of this into my life, I can't pursue that relationship or that dream or like figure out what I want. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, that's just about reducing vulnerability. And it feels, again, it feels like work. And I think the same is true when we believe that it's the, the, and I don't want, like, I want to be careful here because I don't want to take away from anyone who has spent years pursuing a degree. My degrees, my certifications mean a lot to me. Absolutely. Um, 
And they came from this place of being passionate about something and really genuinely wanting to know more. But it's when, when that never stops. It's when there you never land in a place of this is good enough for me to start using my voice and and having my own unique fingerprint in the world when it's always i can't do it until right that's that's when you're lost in the puzzle that's yeah. when you're stuck and and we reduce risk because if we say like my unique fingerprint in the world will someday be there yeah. But until I know that no one will reject it or dismiss it or um, invalidate it, until I know it's going to be perfect and without risk, I can't go there. And and that's an impossible puzzle. Yeah. Yes. And in, in total alignment with you on that, that there's mine means so much to me too. And they also have great reason to regulate professions and all of those sorts of things. I think what we're talking about too, is that if we are limiting our humanity, right. And that, that fingerprint that you're talking about until all of these things or continuing to acquire them like badges, instead of showing up, right. We're actually limiting all that we have access to. Right. Right. And, and life requires exposure we're going to live we have to expose ourselves to risk we have to expose ourselves to other people's opinions and thoughts and feelings and and get to a place where we can begin to believe like how somebody else thinks or feels about me is none of my business I can still move forward Mm -hmm. with what I believe and and feel um and that's a hard place to to get because I don't, I, I mean, I don't know of anybody, maybe some of the most wise sages in the world, but I don't know of anybody who isn't um, hit by somebody else's um, opinions or judgments of them. It's, it's, but it's, it's not about not feeling you're human, you're vulnerable, right? But it's about being able to notice Ugh, that didn't feel good. Or, you know, I wish they could see me a different way. And still, I, I pursue this and still, right, like my Angelou's and still I rise, right? And still, and still I move into my own life and am brave enough to do so. So that's really what I want to talk about today is when we've identified this puzzle, then what? Mm. What's the next step that moves us into our own life, into into placing our unique fingerprint into the world? Yeah. Yeah. I had a conversation recently with somebody that we were talking about. Um, we had just kind of untied some some puzzles or, you know, untied some knots. And then the question was, well, if I move forward with this, what if I, what if I disappoint some people? And I blurted out, I hope you do. <laughs> I really hope you do. Um, this, this next step, right, that you and I often talk about is 
not only the unlearning of what we just figured out, right? And saying like, okay, we're, we're releasing that or I'm going to decide to move forward anyhow, right? And yet, but then what does that actually look like? Because I don't think it is one um, big effortful commanded movement. I think this is a series of tiny things that happen over sometimes long periods of time. Yeah, these are the one degree turns that I talk about so often in on the podcast and talk about so often with clients. We anytime we do a 180, it's it's not sustainable. It's too much for our system and we're actually much more likely to just go back to our old habits and ways of being because it's too exposing. But these one degree turns like your impossible puzzle of everything has to be hard. No. Mm -hmm. doesn't, right? The thing that I think that my, my inner wisdom, my psyche was trying to teach me all of 2023 is there's nothing to do, Mm. right? Stop hustling. Stop trying so hard to make something happen. And instead, like align with my values figure out what it is from from next right choice to next right choice that feels like it's right for me and move forward with that but it it isn't this master plan it is it is these these little 1 degree turns that that get us closer and closer to where we want to be Yes, you will disappoint people, right? Like the the other thing that gets said over and over again, anytime we step into our own life, we will disappoint people. There will be people who think we're doing it the wrong way. It doesn't mean they're right. Right. But it means that you have stepped now from being in this very protected, going nowhere bubble into your own life. Um, and you're exposed and people like to have opinions about that. That's okay. Yeah. You can still move forward, right? But <clears throat> to that point, um, I was just having a conversation this week with um, a client who was doing some pretty hard and heavy work. And we were doing EMDR. And we've talked a little bit about EMDR. And I'm not going to get into the weeds of it. But with EMDR, you often can have these pretty heavy, cathartic experiences. Um, But what I have noticed over and over and over and over again is when we have a session like that, the very next session is usually pretty surface level, right? It is about the things they want to do or the daily tasks that they have or the groceries they need to go buy afterwards. And one of the things that's communicated pretty regularly is I'm doing it wrong. There's something wrong because it's not as hard and heavy as the last session. (laughs) And every time it is so important for me to communicate to them that this is necessary the lightness, the everyday, the mundane, the the little thousand things are so important. They matter. It's that there's nothing to do space. Mm-hmm. We We have to have that. And so as we're talking about how we integrate and how we bravely move into our life, a lot of it is about, okay, how do I just step? How do I just 
walk? How do I go buy my groceries? How do I find play and pleasure and connection? Because that is a huge part of the work of living. Mm -hmm. Well, and that is, that is the, mm, these, these really saturated emotional experiences of our life are such important plot points. And for the majority of humans, those plot points are plot points. And the rest of the film that we're playing out is the majority of our life. Yeah. Like life is getting a little frustrated that the towel is on the floor and seeing something funny on your drive to work, right? Or having these silly experiences or whatever. That is the majority of life. And if we are, especially in the pursuit of healing, thinking about healing as these uh, this season that we perpetually enter into where we are crying and cathartic and releasing and exercising whatever is inside of us, right? Like that, there are moments where that is so essential, right? And therapy is often a place for that. But even in my sessions with clients, there are such places of depths we can touch. And on the way out of the office, we're joking together. Right. Right. Because you can't actually integrate. You can, like the reason we do the hard and heavy work is to get your body unstuck. It's yep. not to stay there. No, it's you a temporary place, there, right? Like you, you've been stuck in that place. That's the impossible puzzle place. I can't be okay until this is completely healed. We go in to to help get you unstuck, but the living happens out here. Mm-hmm. That is so important. We have to we have to allow ourselves the the pleasure of daily life, the fun, the creativity that creates the capacity to do the hard work. Mm. Yeah, that's the the cushion around it, I think, right? Yes. For yeah. me, that's my cushion contains things like my self-care strategies or movement um, or, you know, in relationship, like play and fun and teasing is a really, really high component for my partner and I, because we can't have the harder conversations if we're also not joking with one another. That's our flavor of cushion around that. You have to have both. And we talk about this in, you know, in other podcasts and you and I find it as like, I'm going to assume this, but I know (laughs) as the guiding philosophy in the work that we do each hour after hour is that you have to strengthen there. There has to be this movement and flexibility between what is really hard and what is also true Mm. is also good and right and even neutral. Um, and without that flexibility, the healing doesn't happen. But I will, I will to my dying day, say that being in the good and the right and the neutral requires a level of vulnerability and bravery that is awe-inspiring for me to watch. <laughs> because... Joy is such a vulnerable emotion, right? 
connection and wonder and awe is such a vulnerable emotion. I was, I, there's two things that I want to make sure that I maybe not read. We'll share one of them, but one of them I want to read, but I was listening to Andrea Gibson, a poem the other day, and it still is just gripping my heart. But there's this one line in it where they say, um, it's snowing. And I didn't know if I would see snow again. And you didn't either. Maybe you didn't know you didn't know, but you didn't know. I have thought about that over and over again, because the vulnerability to sit in moments that we don't know if we will get again and be totally open and exposed to them is that is what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. These impossible puzzles, even that trauma vortex can actually make us feel pretty insulated and safe and tough. But it's in creating the flexibility to be fully opened to moments of wonder and awe and say, I didn't know if I would get this again. And so I'm going to be here with these people that I love or in this moment that's so funny or pleasurable or fun and just let it be. That is bravery. Well, in that, what you're describing, right, is the way that I feel this is when the insulation that you just talked about is being seen and known only by our pain. And one of the things that I like that makes me weep at the end of a day is to see my clients who are going through the toughest, darkest nights of their soul, but also to know what makes them laugh or irritates them or the funny name that they call their kid or their dog, like to, to let me see you as more than just your pain and to desire to be seen by more than your pain, right? That is so, so courageous because we are letting all of it flood in all at once, right? All aspects of self. And that's, that is the part that is so breathtaking to me is that A human can contain the dark night of the soul and the pettiest thought they can ever think of in the same moment. We are miracles in that way. And so much love, right? So much love or so much just like wonder. Yeah. Pettiness and yes, all of it. Gratitude, yeah. But that, that is the integration, right? Because when we are stuck in impossible puzzles or when we are only identifying with our pain or the the worst moments of our life, which I have done before, I know that, right? But when we are stuck there, we are not whole. We are fragmented. We are bits and pieces. I I am stuck in who I was in that moment or that experience, and I'm missing who I am today. And so the the work of integration, of identifying these puzzles or these moments that are keeping us stuck is about coming home and being whole. Mm-hmm. It's about being brave and sitting in the, the experience of it, right? It's about it's about really learning to be in this moment 
and letting letting that one be there. Yeah, that's there. It's there. Like I have scars. I have scars. Yeah. You know, like I managed to cut one finger over and over and over again <laughs> for <laughs> six years. I have scars. Um, but that's not, that's like this tiny little piece of my body. That's mm-hmm. not right. And the same is true. We can have really painful things. And I have heard, I have heard, heard pain and sorrow. But that is not the entirety of that person. And so the brave work is in being able to see that and acknowledge it and understand it and and integrate and find the other things that make us us. And we're we're hardwired to do this in every other aspect, right? When we when we eat nutrient dense foods, it takes a while for our body to integrate it and use it. When we do something really difficult and athletic in our body, right? It really helps to walk the next day, to move in this gentle and slow way. All about us really does look towards and point towards the work of integration. Right. And I will point out, Jesse, that in those things that you described, there is nothing to do. Nothing. Right. You bring in the the food or you move your body, but all that needs to happen with that, you can't make that happen. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. can't hustle your way through that. You, you, so much of, of our experience is like gardening, right? I can plant the seed. I can, I can create the conditions. That's an important part. That's our responsibility is to create the conditions and to figure out what we want to grow. But I can't make what happens next with that seed happen. I just have to trust that I've created the conditions and that this thing is good and that I've planted it. I think Rachel Naomi Remen talks about how she learned when she was a physician, how she learned that she was in collaboration with the body. It wasn't her job to overcome. And she described it as like, I, she had beautiful rose bushes in her yard. And she said, if one of them seemed sick, it wasn't my job to go in and dig it up by the roots and examine it. But I knew that I could prune it back a little bit and look at it. But I was in collaboration with that rose bush. I was working with it, not against it, not the only one for it. And the same is true in our life. We are in collaboration with this life. We create conditions. We make the best choices we can that are aligned with our values and then And then there's nothing to do. Yeah, we let it happen. Let be present. Yeah. This this is so um, rebellious, actually, of what is being offered to us this time of year. Yes. Um, The idea that there is no problem to fix, and there is no thing to do, and there is no hustle to run 
is really um is really rebellious and and it's really healing because the pace of healing is not hustled the pace of healing is intuitive and slow and simple and it's happening right now it's happening right now like that's what i want to you know just as your body is absorbing nutrients right now or fixing and integrating those muscle fibers that you worked out like the healing is happening right now too on your best days and your worst days you are still moving forward you're here god thank goodness you're here right and that means that it's working it's moving even when it's hard so before we finish i want to read this thing my sister posted today and i it's another thing that's gripping me and holding me a shout out to Julie too, who <laughs> right? we just love more than she can tolerate. <laughs> you may believe that living life to the fullest is seeing every country in the world and quitting your job on a whim and falling recklessly in love, but it's really just knowing how to be where your feet are. It's learning how to take care of yourself, how to make a home within your own skin. It's learning how to build a simple life you are proud of. A life most fully lived is not always composed of the things that rock you awake, but those that slowly assure you it's okay to slow down. That you don't always have to prove yourself, that you don't need to fight forever or constantly want more, that it's okay for things to be just as they are, little by little, you will begin to see that life can only grow outward in proportion to how stable it is inward. That if the joy is not in the little things first, the big things won't fully find us. Mm. Read the last line again, please. That if the joy is not in the little things first, the big things won't fully find us. Mm. The little things first. Yes. So the invitation, notice the little things make a list, keep a list. I I was gifted last fall, this tiny little notebook with an invitation in there to write down things that caught my attention or I was curious about. And that's my invitation here. Grab yourself a little notebook or open a note in your phone and write down the little things that you notice that make you laugh or create curiosity or open your heart a little bit. Those are the things. Those That's how we create the conditions for what we want. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. We'll see you next time. We hope you're enjoying listening to the podcast as much as we love creating it. And we'd love to hear from you about your lived story. What are you examining and learning? Who are you becoming? Our podcast is sponsored by Riverbend Counseling in Colorado Springs. Following along with us on Instagram at Riverbend Therapy will allow you to engage more fully with the content of our episodes. There you'll find reflective questions, challenges, and community. If you appreciate this podcast, consider leaving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform, or better yet, share it with people you think might benefit from the work here. Thank you.